Welcome to Raise Your Vibe and Heal. My name is Lisa Snyder. As an energy interpreter and certified breathwork coach, my intention is to help you connect to the healer within. On this podcast, we hold channeled spiritual messages, share mini healing sessions, and welcome monthly guests to share their wisdom. I was connected with tonight's guest because of this beautiful book, Gathering at the Doorway, curated by Camille Dan. My chapter 33 is included in this book, along with so many amazing mediums and healers and people with personal stories of their healing journey. This book is available on Amazon, and I thank you, Camille, for the work of service, this labor of love that has brought so many of us in this community together. Thank you. Imagine you are standing in your kitchen and out of thin air, you hear that the love of your life, your soulmate had to go and that many lessons would be learned from his death. Tonight's guest, Irene Weinberg, heard those words and a few months later, her husband Saul transitioned. Prior to this, Irene was a skeptic. Her profound spiritual awakening and the book that emanated from this, titled They Serve Bagels in Heaven, took her on a healing journey from devastating loss to a renewed sense of inner strength, spiritual wisdom, and passion for life. Irene hosts the popular podcast, Grief and Rebirth, Finding the Joy in Life, where you will hear insightful, uplifting, and inspiring interviews on all social media platforms and anywhere you listen to your favorite podcast. Both the book and the podcast persuade people to see how each life matters, encouraging healing that contributes to fully engaged living with love and kindness at its core. It is my honor and it is my deepest pleasure to welcome the beautiful Irene Weinberg to our live tonight. Oh, what a pleasure. What a wonderful introduction. Thank you so much, Lisa. <laughs> oh, Irene. And I see Rosanna saying, love you, Lisa and Irene. We have some several people that are saying their hellos and their gratitudes. And I am so, Irene, I am so grateful that you that we were connected. I just, your energy, everything is just so beautiful. And thank you so much for joining us here tonight. Thank you. Thank you. Well, as people listen to my story, they'll know that everyone talks about my energy and it's really because I've done so much healing because of what's happened to me. And that's really my passion is to bring people uh, to healing choices that can help them in their lives. And we'll get to that. So, well, let's just start at the beginning. I would love to hear about your soulmate, the love of your life, Saul. Am I saying that correctly? Saul? Saul? Saul. Saul. Like King Saul from the Bible, you know, Saul. Got it. And and just if you could just mention how did this whole process start? Because you didn't really believe in this whole spirit, did you? You weren't like... We thought it was baloney. I had a <laughs> sister-in-law who um, was spiritual. We both thought she was crazy. And mm-hmm. uh, we were very, very traditional, our beliefs. I was brought up, you know, very conservative Jewish, and he was Jewish. And we were second marriage, Lisa. We both um, found each other after marriages that had a lot of problems and everything. And we helped raise each other's children. I literally got custody of his two teenage children, which I tell people, if I lived through that, I could live through anything because, you know, with all those problems and all that trauma and all that stuff. And he, and, um, but we found each other, we fell in love and we were married for about 18 years and we used to you know be very traditional like uh, we would go to visit the graves of our deceased loved ones and as our tradition would call upon us to put a stone on the grave and all that say a prayer 
I didn't know if anyone was hearing me. I really didn't know if this was there was anything to this. And when my sister-in-law would talk about, you know, people go on, we would go, woo, you know, all that. <laughs> well, what a surprise was in store for me <laughs> because <laughs> I guess you could say it's meditative. But one day I'm at my kitchen sink and I'm washing some dishes. And so I was watching a Jets game on TV in our family room. And if anyone, anyone listening can tell I'm from New Jersey, you know, yes. and so he's watching this Jets game. And um, I suddenly got this really strong thought that came into my head and it wasn't my thought, mm -hmm. but it felt like my thought because of the way it came into my head. And it said, Saul has to go. Many lessons will be learned from his death. And I kind of leaned back with the, glass in my hand and I thought what the heck am I thinking and I went over to him I brought him a glass of water I kissed the top of his head and I kind of put it out of my mind I said nothing to him or anything else like that but you know you never forget something like that you never forget it that was too weird and so two months later we were we were skiers and we had a ski house in the Catskill Mountains off the New York State Thruway. And we were we went to our ski house for the oh, ski weekend. And something told me to make this a wonderful weekend for him, not even to argue with him over who we were going to have lunch with or anything, whatever he wanted, whatever trail he wanted to go on, whatever. Something said to me, just do this. And on the earthbound plane he had been having he had been struggling with some stuff with business and all that so on that level i thought i'm gonna let him have whatever he wants this weekend but there was another level going on mm -hmm. and um at the end of the weekend he said to me i mean wasn't this the best weekend a couple could have together the weather was perfect we skied we had such a great time and all of this we were on the way home we stopped off my stepdaughter had a little place in the catskills we stopped off um he saw her we got back and i said to him as we got into the car you know Solly, you've had a really tough time with business i drove up you want me to drive back home no he said i'm going to listen to the game on tv we'll be absolutely fine so we were driving about an hour and a half it, it's a two and a half hour ride and we got to what is poughkeepsie new york and all of a sudden i felt the car go into a huge swerve and i okay. looked over at saul and he was sound asleep at the wheel oh boy. and we were going 72 some two miles an hour on the new york state thruway Ooh. and i called i went saul and i called out to him and he opened his eyes he saw what was happening he went to pull the car out of the swerve, and as he did, we rose up into the air for the first of four flips. It felt like I was in a gigantic roller coaster. And I pulled my legs and everything up tight into me, and I think that's probably why I survived, because I'm small and petite. Mm -hmm. And we started flipping up into the air and flipping down very hard each time on the right side. I've had four surgeries from the accident all on my right side, up and down my body. And we kept flipping. And when we flipped the first time, Lisa, and then we flipped back up in the air, we got to the middle of that flip the second time and I left my body. All of a sudden there was like a void um, that I didn't know what happened, but it was really weird. And I've been told later 
that I accompanied him to the beginning of the portal, that my soul knew that my soulmate, this was his time to go. And I, so I like kind of, it was like, I, I, I wasn't present in my body for a little bit of that flip. And then all of a sudden I seemed to come back into my body. And I didn't understand what that was at the time, because remember, I was a skeptic. I didn't believe in any of this stuff. Right. And like, but I, I, now I understand what happened to me. And we continued, we, we continued the second flip, then we flipped the third time and a fourth time. And we landed upside down in a ravine off the New York State Thruway. We thank God took no one else with us. But there I am upside down in my seatbelt. And I want to tell you, the amazing thing that happened was when we went into the second flip, I got a second message came into my head. Not only we we take off for the second flip and I get another message that said, he's not going to make it, you are. And then we had I had that experience where I suddenly left my body for a little while, came back in and we continued to flip around and then we land upside down in the ravine. Now I look over at him and I am, amazed because I'm upside down and I'm looking at the shell of my husband. There is no doubt that the beautiful essence of who he is, was, was gone. I'm thinking myself, oh my God. I mean, like I'm starting to, I got Mm -hmm. told he's going to go. Mm -hmm. Oh my God, he's gone. And then I got in the moment that he was with me somehow, that we do go on. I mean, it's just like, I gotten those messages and as I'm thinking all of this, I see a helicopter land with these three EMTs jumping out of the helicopter and they put their, they, they righted my car. My car was rocking and they righted my car. It got back onto the road kind of, and one of the EMTs, put his hands through my shattered window, reached around to me, undid my seatbelt, turned me around. I'll never forget it. Grabbed my shoulders and began by my shoulders, pulling me out of through the window of my car. And as I was passing through the window of my car, an unemotional directive, a male voice, I, I imagine it was a spirit guide. I tell women, I'd like to tell you it was a female voice, but it was a male voice. <laughs> and it boomed into my head. And it's it was a voice. And it said, be loving and kind to everyone as they laid me on the side of the road. And the other thing that happened to me was that happened. And in that moment also, I said to myself, this awful thing, whatever is going on here, I have to make sure that I get through this because I have to show my son. Saul was buried on my son's 21st birthday. I have to show my son, Matt, that you can get hit by a grenade in life and somehow come through it. So two things happened. I was like suddenly spiritually awakened. But on the earthbound plane, I scripted myself that I was going to heal and do whatever I needed to do to get through this experience. This was before I knew that I was bleeding from an artery in my foot and I was going to need two blood transfusions and all kinds of stitches and all kinds of stuff. And uh, my bot, my shoulder was reversed inside my shoulder. My, I had a retina that was detached. I lost the ACL in my right knee. This is all going on. So now 
I get told that to be loving and kind to everybody. So instead of screaming for myself, they load me into the helicopter to take me to an emergency trauma center. And I'm saying to these guys, so what's your name? Thank you for coming out. It's the weekend before Christmas. I mean, my husband, I just lost my husband next to me. And I'm totally aware. They bring me into the hospital. And I am asking every, what's the nurse's name? How are you? I mean, I, I, it's amazing. And feeling that soul is with me. And when the doctor came over to me and he said to me, um, I need to tell you that your husband is gone. I said, Doc, I am the luckiest. I mean, I felt that soul was around me. I said, I am the luckiest woman in the world that I was blessed with such a wonderful husband. And I'm and and I am just very grateful. I did and and later on I have to say that about three months after and then something else happened with my stepdaughter that I'll tell you, but three months after the accident, I got a call from the assistant to the doctor who operated on me. And she said, Irene, I have to tell you, you changed lives in the emergency room that night. No one ever saw anyone We've seen it all. No one ever reacted to a tragedy like you had with such love and kindness to everyone around you. And everyone is still talking about it and it changed lives. And I said to her, you know, Trish, I had a spiritual awakening that has changed my attitude about everything. And the, the, even to the point where my stepdaughter was called, we had just said goodbye to her. She came to the hospital and it was obvious she wasn't really looking for me. She was looking for her father. And I looked at her and I said, and this was as they're preparing me and putting um, shots in my foot to operate on my foot. And I said, Sandy, I need to tell you that daddy's gone. And she fainted dead away. Now I had brought her up. I had custody of her. And all since she was 14, she was now uh, in her early 30s. And I said, I just want you to know that I love you and I will never hurt you. I mean, this is how be loving and kind to everyone was so resonating with me. And she and she said, I know. And she ran out to tell her husband what was going on. So this whole thing is going on. I'm in the hospital for three days. I have blood transfusions, you name it. People are coming to visit me. And but I know something's up, but I don't know what it is. And now I'm in grieving hell with all the preparation for the for the, you know, we have to give him a funeral. We have to give him do all of this stuff. And I uh, I have to choose. I have to choose the um, coffin and all this stuff. And I am now in a wheelchair. I'm on crutches. I have a soft cast on my leg. You know, the whole thing. Right. And about and i'm going through all of this stuff and about six weeks after the accident i suddenly got a call from my dry cleaner now you can tell by talking to me that i'm very friendly to everybody I talk yes to everybody so just i would a little, bring in my just a little just a little so i would bring in my dry cleaning you know and i we would be talking about whatever is going on his world my world whatever so he calls me up he says i he said to me you know irene i have something i want to share with you I think, you know, you, I think you're a very open-minded woman and I want to tell you something. And I said, what is that, Joel? And he said, well, he said, eight years ago, I don't like to talk about it, but eight years ago, my wife and I lost our oldest son to a drug overdose. 
He said, and we were inconsolable. And we went to all these grief counselors and these specialists and all these people and nobody could help us till someone told us that the soul goes on to the other side. He said, and we have worked with, and he, re he named all these different mediums at the time. He said, and we have worked with these, and our son comes through. He's on the other side. He gave me the evidence that he'd gotten. And he said, in two weeks, we're going to be seeing a medium who we've done a video for. And he said, he's not known now, but he's going to be very famous one day. And if you want, you can come with us, and maybe your husband will come through. Lisa, I had no idea what he was talking about. But I <laughs> nothing. But I knew something was up. Okay. So and I'm open minded and I'm just getting out of my wheelchair and I'm just starting to walk and I'm driving Saul's car because mine was totaled on the side of the road. And two weeks later, I get in Saul's car and I drive it to my dry cleaner's home, which was about five counts away, and I get out of my sauce car and i get into my dry cleaner's car and he drives to this hotel another five towns away and i walk in this hotel and i did not know who he was but i am greeted by john edward who says to me i don't even want to know your name go upstairs and to tell you how not famous he was there were 35 people in that room. That was 35, it. Half of, them, it. half of them had deceased loved ones who they were hoping to hear from. The other half were taking notes because there were not voice recorders in those days. And I go upstairs and I'm a nervous wreck and I don't know what to expect. And uh, it was like Saul let me see the messages coming through to other people in the room. I'm getting a message from someone whose father said he shot himself in the head with a pistol. Oh, my God, that's my father. You know, all these things going mm -hmm. on about halfway into it. John Edwards said, I'm getting a message from this guy. He's saying something about Dr. Pepper. Does anyone relate to Dr. Pepper? And I, I said to my dry cleaner who was busy right next to me, you know, and taking notes. And I elbowed him. I said, Joel, start writing. It's Saul. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Uh, uh, 15 years before he met me, Saul's brother put his his name in a, in an advertising commercial for Dr. Pepper. And the, uh, the ad said that uh, Dr. Pepper is coming east from California in boats and planes and trains. And let's talk to the man in the street. Saul Weinberg about what he thinks about Dr. Pepper instead of Lisa Snyder or Joe Smith or John Doe, Saul Weinberg. So Saul oh used to think that was hilarious that his oh. brother had done that. Yeah. And now John Edward is saying, I'm getting a guy who's talking about Dr. Pepper. And Saul came through for 40 minutes, so much so that, that John Edward said, how long is this guy on the other side? And I said, two months. He said, this is an old soul. This guy has been around. He's so articulate. Mm. He said, wow. And he, uh, I mean, I was getting messages. He's telling me you're wearing his skier charm under your blouse. He's telling me, who's Bruce? I said, it's my stepson. Who's Matt? That was my son. I mean, on and on with all these messages that were, he's telling me he died in a different state than where you live. He died in New York. We lived in New Jersey. On and on and on and on with all these amazing messages. And then one of the things he said was, he's telling me you're driving his favorite car with Saul Z on the license plate. 
that car was parked six towns away in another town, and here is that license plate. Oh, how the look heck? At that. How the heck could John Edward possibly, possibly, possibly know that? So that now I am. Holy moly! <laughs> we go on. He's on the other side. What am I going to do? And who can I talk to about this? My sister-in-law. So now I call the one the that you did it. The, the formerly crazy one. <laughs> well, let me ask you this, Irene. So in a very short period of time, the love of your life is on the other side, communicating with you very articulately and with so much evidence, you can't miss it. Did you instantly become a believer or did it still take time for you to go? Because that's a huge shift when you go from what is this to you're calling up your sister-in-law wanting to go tell me more. Did that did that happen like was that a smooth transition or Well, it didn't it did not happen when I got Saul has to go many lessons will be learned from his death. Right. It didn't happen when I got he's not going to make it you are but when they pulled me out of the car and the voice came out in, in, into my head and indeed he was gone, like I had been told, that's when I knew, that's when it, I really got it, that there is more and that there was something up with all of this. Now, well, I didn't know it. But go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say, I'm just for those of you that are just joining, Irene is the author of They Serve Bagels in Heaven. It's a fabulous book. I've read it twice. And it doesn't matter where you're at in whatever type of grief you're going through. It really, the messages, the um, the way to look at things, the experiences, the way that Saul comes through and communicates with Irene. I, I read it twice. I, I literally just, I could not put this book down. So this is Irene's book. They serve uh, excuse me. Yeah, they serve bagels in heaven. And she also has a very popular podcast. So we're talking right now, if you're just joining, uh, we are talking about her journey and her spiritual awakening. So I um, just wanted to inter I just wanted to put that in there really quick for those that have joined because we have quite a few that have been joining and there's lots of comments. And I just want to say, by the way, and Irene, I want to get back. Thank you to everybody who's who's saying all these beautiful messages. We see the comments and uh, we just so appreciate that. So yeah, okay. they're popping up and I see them too. And thank yes. you so much and a few people I know and love back to you truly you know I, I am so grateful all right so, so now you contact your sister-in-law so now I contact my sister and she says thank God she said because two weeks after he died I was doing something and all of a sudden he came through because she was spiritual and she and and he came through and she said Saul why are you coming through to me we weren't we didn't get along when you died mm -hmm. and the message she got was because i thought you were crazy but you're not and i have to get some messages through to irene and there were four messages one was about he said she got stuck with four business deals that she has to resolve three will work out one won't and there was a message about each of the kids and she said irene i didn't know how to tell you and by the way what he said about the business deals was correct and i was okay. in hell i mean i had all this stuff that i had to clean oh. up and go through on the earthbound plane but he came through he knew what was going on and now i start to open up to this world lisa and i start going to other mediums and he is coming through like gangbusters i mean i guess it tells you that your husband's on the other side if you get a description of his toes through someone it the first way he ever kissed you the the first meal you ever made him i mean on and on uh, the way he was wearing the night he died i mean it was like amazing and then i started getting another message 
from people and they said, you're supposed to write a book. Uh, you're, you're supposed to, this is like, you're, he's going to work with you from across the veil. Uh, you've been soulmates through many lifetimes and you set this up. If certain things weren't working out for him, it's through his path in this lifetime, you were going to work across the veil. And I'm going across the veil. I'm supposed to write a book. I mean, I was a violinist. I was a buyer for Macy's. I majored in honor. I took honors English. But what is this? But it was if your husband on the other side describes his toes to you. (laughs) And and the the first meal he made you and it's him. And so now I go back to the source and I say to my sister-in-law, so who have you got? Because I'm being told to write a book. Mm -hmm. And she said to me, oh, there's a, a, a woman who really channels very well she and she's a healer and i find myself i tell by the way lisa i tell no one in my world that i'm doing this okay no one knows that i am doing this they're probably thinking wait a second irene before saul transitioned is this way and all of a sudden she's doing what yes i can can understand that the only one who knew there were two people who knew and one of them was still a little skeptical one one was my mother okay what happened and then the other one that was my sister-in-law. So my sister-in-law suddenly went from being nuts, crazy, to my guide, <laughs> and what do I do now? Aww. So she, she guides me to this woman, and I go to Massachusetts, and I talk about it in the book. And I go to Massachusetts to this healing cabin. And uh, she knows all. She knows all about the accident. I didn't tell her anything. She knows where I was hurt. She knows everything going on. And then she said to me, um, "There's like a. Uh, it, it, it's like looks like you're in a stadium, and there are high beings here. And I'm being told that you're supposed to write a book, and they're telling me that you have a divine plan with your husband." And that I'm supposed to help you write this book. Okay. Okay. I've been getting a lot of messages and I thought this was crazy, but you know what? It's Saul. And I yes. said, if he wants me to write a book, <clears throat> I'm going to write a book. Now, the other part I have to say on the earthbound plane, I was so struggling with all these problems and issues going on that whether or not it was real which i believed it was real it was giving me something to grab onto while i was in hell with all the the grief and the problems i was going through so on one end i'm doing all that on the other end i start working with this woman and saul's coming through and we start asking him questions i was like did we have past lives together he starts telling me about our past lives he starts filling in all these blanks and all this stuff and i'm asking him all these questions so I do want to ask you one question, just to make it per- just to make it clear for those of us that are not you maybe they don't quite understand what you're talking about. When you say Saul came through, and I read this in the book, but I would like you to clarify this. Are you saying that it was like a typical mediumship conversation where the person is relaying the messages, or was it direct, like a direct channeling? What what was it? It was the- a direct channeling, and she was sitting at her. I had never experienced this before. No, and she was sitting at her keyboard. And she would ask him a question and she would start typing. And how I knew it was real, all I was constantly, I was always skeptical. I, 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 I had been such a skeptic. And though this is happening, I hadn't had enough of my experience, own experiences yet. And I was always skeptical until this mm-hmm. one thing happened. She was Methodist. She never heard a word of Hebrew in her life. 
And as she's channeling him one day, she said to him, I'm going to ask him about some of your past lives together. And she said, you know, he's telling me that he, when the first past lives you had together, that you were, he was a rabbi in ancient Israel and you were his little student. And he keeps saying, you are such a good little boy. You are this young little boy who came into, they called it in ancient Israel, a yeshiva. He came into the, you came into the yeshiva and you were this good little boy. And I'm asking him what your name was in that lifetime. And she's, I'm getting a really weird name and I don't understand what it is. And I said, well, what is the name? And she said, it sounds like Yelid Tov. And I was like, oh my God, Yelid Tov is Hebrew for a good little boy. Oh, oh I'm right? getting chills from that. <laughs> That's how I knew that this was real. Oh. This was, so he was saying in that lifetime, she was my little yellow tove, my the good little boy in the class. And he's talking about our relationship. And we were two men in that lifetime, mm -hmm. which is very interesting because then later on, he talked about how when I finally got to the other side and I met him, we had such a connection. I said, how do you want me the next time? We ought to come back <laughs> again. And I, we decided that in the next lifeline, we were going to be um, Italian and I was going to be the woman. Yes. So this is, it's so fascinating like and then he took they took me she took me through several you know lifetimes and i started i kept asking what do they do about hebrew uh, evil over there what was it like for you to cross over i mean i was full of questions i mean now i'm starting to read spiritual books too and i'm starting to get more and more questions in my mind uh, about this and through her he's answering clear as a bell it was amazing and now i um, I know that this is real. Yes. And I'm out there with the story and I start working. Another thing I started to do, I started working with a medium because I loved hearing from him. And mm -hmm. I started working with a medium as her business manager. I had met this medium at a grief workshop and I started opening up a, a territory for her. We, we opened up a territory in Vermont and in Florida and in wow. New Jersey. And, and I was having all these experiences, which um, one really impacted me tremendously. And I'll, I'll be happy to talk about that. Okay. But I was really getting into this world. And I mean, literally one day when I was with her, I, I I was driving and I and I had been around a cat and I'm allergic to cats and I had like okay. a little bit of an allergy attack and I got out of my car and the song on the radio was you're my first my last and my everything and I looked up in the sky and in a cloud it says Saul S A U L spelled out in the clouds oh. it was amazing and so like all these things are going on with me and. I just want to tell this quick story before we go somewhere else. No, you're great. You're we, doing uh, great. When we were um, channeling, when we were working together, uh, we did a gallery, which is where a bunch of people get together with a medium and they hope to get messages from their loved ones, like I did with John Edward. Yes. And when we walked into this room, I did not know a soul. We were in Burlington, Vermont. There was a young girl crying hysterically in the front of the room. I mean, she was hysterical. And the medium walked to the front of the room and she said to this young girl, I see a male energy he's presenting as your father. And he's saying that the night before he unexpectedly died, 
the two of you had a terrible fight and you called each other awful names and you said terrible things to each other. And he, honey, he loves you and he's so sorry. I have to say the difference between this girl when we walked in and she was hysterical and how she was when she walked out that she had heard from her father and they made up that way. That was another thing that so impacted me and changed my life because I talk about in the book and I talk about on the podcast how important it is to be conscious in your relationships because how you talk to someone, how you treat them and all, it follows you to the other side. And sometimes, and be careful if that's not the, if, what is the last thing someone might hear from you? Because mm -hmm. we don't know. I mean, I thought Saul was going to, the night before he died, Saul said to me, I'm so lucky and thankful to have you in my life. Aww. And that was the night before he died. I will never forget it. And, and so I tell people, be conscious. There, there are ramifications for how you treat people. And the other thing I took from be loving and kind to everyone was about me too. I yes. suddenly got, I'm me too. I have to be loving and kind to myself also. And I started being very aware as to the way I speak to myself and how I was treating myself and all of that, which has also followed me into, it followed me into the book and it's followed me into the podcast. But um, it, it, all of this was like, amazing and then and then so now i'm out there doing my thing i'm doing book clubs and i'm presenting to people and i'm telling my story and then one day i'm sitting at my desk just like you see me and i suddenly and i don't get all these messages and the word podcast came into my head <laughs> and i was like what's a podcast i'm a baby boomer what do you want from me what's a podcast and i asked the woman i was working with what's a podcast and she said oh i can help you with that i know what that is oh so now gosh. i thought to myself i'm being told my next step now i really believe and now i really know that it's him we have a divine plan i'm being told my next step so i thought all right who am i going to talk to at this on this podcast and i thought you know as when the first thing I did, once I was out of the wheelchair and I had this experience and all, I started working with a life transition coach because I'm a, on the earthbound plane, I had to heal because my son had to see that you could get hit by a grenade in life and keep on going. And I had to figure out, I was now alone in the world. I was traumatized. I had to learn how to be, how to function on my own and all of that. I needed help. The yes. second thing, that I opened to the spiritual world, I worked, started working with a spiritual energy healer mm -hmm. who started going into past lives and trauma I had, had from past lives and starting to give me healing on that side. Mediums saved my life because, and I tell people, you know, you have to be careful who you're talking to. Yes, you have you to make do. sure they're qualified. Yes. There are charlatans in that world, yes. just like there are in every world, yes. which is why on the podcast, I interview people because I want people to make up their own mind. And I ask mm -hmm. a lot of questions in, for people to get their own take on people. But mediums, I thought I'm going to interview mediums. And the fourth thing, I, I had such a passion now for the importance of healing your stuff and moving through from what my son said about there's been nothing worse than seeing you in despair and nothing better than seeing you be able to have joy again. Oh. So I thought I want to interview people who have gone through trauma and grief and problems, but healed and transformed their lives didn't sit in their swamp of suffering. 
Well, you said something. So your latest interview that I just listened to with Carrie Hummingbird, right. Sam, uh, the last name Sammy. is Sammy. Sammy, thank you. Uh, it just dropped, really resonated with me. But there, it was that, and I don't know if it was in your book, but I also heard it recently. When you go through these experiences, and we were talking before we started the live, that the people who work on themselves when they heal and they work through and they're not stuck in a time warp and they're just really, um, you know, there's, there's something that's beyond these experiences that you are now in a position, once you're on the other side of things, you are now in a position to help the person where you used to be. That's and I right. love that on that interview that you shared. And I also just, for those of you that are on right now, I, um, before I forget, Irene does not know this, but I will be gifting one lucky person here tonight with her book. So you do need to be present to win. And we will be having that drawing near the end of this session. So stay tuned. I'm not going to tell you what the special word is yet, but um, your podcast, I want to talk about your podcast here for a second. Your podcast, you bring together all these amazing people, these amazing different experiences, and you were sharing one in particular that really just got my attention and you're talking about it right before this session would you just briefly this is just sure. an example and i also i also like to say that the reason that irene and i got connected again was because of camille dan's beautiful book gathering at the doorway uh irene i believe had read my chapter which is chapter 33 and i, love I actually that noted it i put i highlighted it and i said <laughs> i want to get to know this lady i want to bring her on the podcast she's got oh, a great story and you guys the thing about irene is she's got a really long waiting list we have the interview in I believe it was the end of April and I think your assistant said it was going to air or drop sometime near the end of August or something so stay tuned our interview it's is coming be, it's, it's coming. coming it's coming but, and while we were talking we realized we were kindred spirits we've got these connections and uh and next thing you know Irene has agreed to, Irene is here sharing her beautiful story and now I'd like to talk a little about a little bit about your podcast but before we do there's one more thing I want to ask you about one of the things that was so helpful as I was reading the book and going, you know, we all go through our stuff. Saul had talked about, Saul had talked about the, on, in, in heaven, the other side, that this auditorium of angels that are there and, and the importance of us being able to receive. Could you just talk a little bit about that? Because I think that could be so helpful for those of us that think we're alone. There's nobody looking out for us. Yeah, we hear about angels or guides, but I don't feel it. Could you just briefly talk about that? Because I just just that just really was so comforting to me. It is very comforting. You're 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 never alone. You're never alone. And by the way, if you open up to them, they really want to help you. They're all around us, and it's like it's like so amazing i i and as i've i've um experienced this more and more i absolutely know that it's true i from my current life i have to as i've opened up to this i had a very um tough experience uh last a year ago and i was very distressed and spirit absolutely maneuvered that someone i interviewed said to me, I'm being told to give you a session. I have something to tell you. And for free. Okay. The person charges $300 an hour. She's being told to give me a free session. And I was, I didn't take her up on it. I was very busy. I get another email. They are telling me I have to give you a session. And during that session, I got the answer to the problem that I was having. 
they are with us. You need to be open to it, but they do it through synchronicities or through signs or being open to uh, to what's going on around you. And they really want you to succeed. But I'm going to say something else too. It helps to heal because it makes you more open and it takes out your blockages. It takes out your resistance. The more that you work on dropping your backpack filled with resentments and, yes. and, and yeah, I had a tough childhood too and all this stuff that happened to me mm -hmm. and all that, but I've processed it and healed it. And it's like letting go of the layers that stand in the way. So now they can get through to you more easily, more clearly. Yes, Irene, that, uh, so as, as many of people who are on here know, seven years ago, I started channeling these ancient dialects and I started doing all this stuff, but, but I may not have shared with people is that the several years prior to that, I became, for me personally, I became a student of A Course in Miracles. I started removing blocks. I started to see things through a higher perspective. I really started doing a lot of inner work, uh, you know, childhood stuff. I'm still working on childhood stuff. There's always going to be stuff that we're going to go through. But Absolutely. I do I do credit having that solid foundation and belief that there is something beyond and personal experiences with angels and that, that I got to a certain point where and many times during the channeling, you talk about we're the ones that put up the blocks. We're the ones that put up the filters. And that when we are able to be open and we're able to work through our stuff and process and not just sweep it under the rug, that then our gifts, our connection with source, our connection with spirit, the love, the connection, all of that flows so much easier. So I appreciate the fact that you just brought that up because that's, I think that's a really important uh, part. And and also, I, what I love about your podcast and what I love about your book is that you are truly heart-centered and I can feel that you are coming from a place of service. How can you be of service? How can you spread love? How can you be kind? And I feel that as you're doing that, it's bringing so much light to the world. It's really, um, and, and I believe uh, Solomon even talks about it, you know, we're all connected. We all know there is no separation, but as we're brightening our light, we're able to bring that light to the world around us. So you're absolutely love. right, Lisa. But I also want to say to people that being loving and kind to everyone and also being loving and kind to yourself means yes. that you are not a sacrificial lamb if there are toxic people in your life and you have to lay yourself in, on the road in front of them so that they can roll over you. Amen, you can, sister. You can detach <laughs> from people. Uh, listen, you don't have to take them on. You don't have to go crazy, but you can love them and bless them and pull yourself away from them or work through in healing how you're going to deal with it. Because the more um, positive you are, the more you heal, the more you take these negative influences, these people who don't have your best interests at heart, or they are so unhealed themselves that yes. they are taking the, they're displacing their stuff onto you mm -hmm. you do not have to carry their drama you don't have to do that you can bless them but you do not need to save them that's up to them you can be a role model for them when people say to me all the time you're such a role model i say i've done my work well it's so been a lifelong healing journey for me and I'm, I'm being reminded, yes, and I'm being reminded of something that Saul t mentions in the book, and it's the fact that 
um, people who have, while they're here, have committed some atrocious things that they're not allowed to, I'm kind of giving a little bit out of the book here, not allowed to come back until it's been resolved. So this generational healing, this trauma, it really made me stop and think about even be more mindful about what comes out of my mouth. And can I be a can I be an instrument of peace? Can I come from a place of love, kindness, and compassion? Even in the face of somebody who's acting from an insane belief system, even if it's somebody who is coming from a place of fear because they're so fearful they can't they're unable to feel that that divine connection. Yes. And I love what you said. It starts with honoring the boundaries with oneself because we are a divine source of love and light. And by honoring that, we are honoring the truth and the oneness. So I love that. That is. I'm going to give really you an point. example. Okay. So my stepdaughter, who was very conflicted, I'm not even, you know, very conflicted with the divorce and all these things. And I got her father's divorce from her mother and I got custody of her. And then I told you about the scene at the hospital when she was looking for her father and she ran out of the room. After Saul died, she was still troubled. She had not done any of her healing work or anything. And she was displacing a lot of stuff on me. And instead of getting judgmental and instead of getting crazy and instead of making a drama or anything like that, I went right back into therapy. I went back to healing and I said, what do I have to do about myself to figure out how to handle this? And I separated out. I, I just, with love, I detached from her. And she started going crazy. She started calling my son. What's with your mother? What's going on? Your mother's not. And I said, Matt, don't get in the middle of it. When Just tell her when I'm ready. I will contact her. And when I contacted her, she's, what's going on with you? I said, Sandy. I love you, but I hate our relationship. And I want our relationship to be filled with love and respect. If you and I can grow a beautiful relationship together, we I am all for it because I love you. But if you don't feel that you can do that, I you found out that I can love you from a distance and I will always love you, but I will not subject myself to that behavior anymore. And you know what? Next weekend, I'm going to visit her with my brothers coming in from Florida. We have a whole family relationship. Everything is wonderful. It's healed, but it started with me. I had to heal my stuff first. And and the thing is, you were okay with it. It was her choice whether she right. wanted to align with that or not. And again, I believe you would agree. It's not our job to heal. It's not our job to fix. It's not our job to try to make somebody else be what we think that they should be. It is our job to work on ourselves. And if we're of, if we're, if we can be a vibrational alignment, we're able to move forward. And if not, love and light send you love from a distance, but we're just not in alignment. That that's that's fabulous. I love that, Irene. You know, I mean, really, that's like if if I could come through with anything for everyone not only to be loving and kind and role model and all that, but if people are not behaving well to you, you do not have to, you know, you can heal yourself. You can separate out from it. You don't have to, you don't have to send them um, in kind what they're sending you. You teased me a little bit here because we had, you know, we had all these ideas about what we were going to be talking about for today. And of course, you know, Irene is such a 
gifted, gifted communicator. I'm just going to share for those of you that just joined that Irene is the author of They Serve Bagels in Heaven. And shortly, I'll tell you how you may have a chance to win this book. It'll be my gift to you for, for being here. Uh, and, um, and also this wonderful podcast that she has. So you teased me with something. There was something that I saw and you said, Patrick Swayze. Ask me about Patrick yes. Swayze. Okay. I, I need to know what that was because I don't know what that is. So Okay. So you <laughs> talked the, to me and about... You, and, and Patrick Swayze is an actor. I think most of us know who Patrick Swayze is. Dirty Dancing? Yes. With on Jennifer other, Gray? Yes. On the other side. Okay. Tell us your story, Irene. So... Um... <laughs> So I have, I, I am, one of the things that's happened to me is I am so blessed because I'm so grateful. I'm interviewing the most amazing people that I have to honestly say one person this morning and you had, and you started to say something about this Robin Land song who oh, I yes. also interviewed. Yes. And I just want to bring that up. That is someone who was kidnapped, taken to at the time, it was Rhodesia, which is now Zimbabwe. She had two near-death experiences. Oh, my God. What happened to her? These are the kinds of people that – and how she came through it, and she's a healer and all of that. These these are the kinds of people that I'm interviewing. And one of the people who I have interviewed was a France, is a Franciscan priest. Now, I'm this little Jewish kid. I don't really know about Franciscan priests, but oh, yeah. he happens to work for Stanford University. He's been working for them for 30 years. And it's amazing. His name is Father Nathan Castle. It's amazing because Father Nathan Castle gets dreams where people who have not been able to go to the light because they were so traumatized that they didn't realize to go to the light and that that's what you like call like a ghost or whatever. Yes, and they stay yes. on this side. They He gets dreams and these people show him how they died. And he works with a prayer partner in the church and he helps them to cross over to the other side, which yes. is amazing. It so is I amazing. interviewed him and the story that um, the story with Patrick Swayze, which I absolutely love, is Patrick Swayze was dying of pancreatic cancer. Mm -hmm. And Father Nathan Castle has a dream about a woman and her, and uh, she gives him how she died and all of this. Turns out it's Patrick Swayze's sister. And she was as talented as her brother, but she never really made it big in business and all. And she ended up with a drug problem okay. and she died and she didn't know to go to the light. And all of a sudden, she contacts Patrick Swayze, not Patrick Swayze, she contacts Father Nathan Castle in this dream because she says to him, my brother is dying and I want to get to the other side to greet my brother when he comes through to the other side. And Father Nathan Castle tells the story and he has a lot of stories. He had wrote two books filled with these stories of how he's helped people to cross over. But this was so incredible to me. Mm. And he helped her get to the other side and literally that just about that time when her brother crossed over and father Nathan Castle says to her brother, Patrick Swayze, I'm talking to your sister. Would you like to say a few words? And Patrick Swayze said to him, I had enough limelight. Let my sister Vicky have the limelight and continue talking to you now. Aww. Okay. So for people who wonder what happens if somebody doesn't go to the light or what happens, they're so traumatized. Sometimes they don't know that 
to, to go to the light and that's home yes. and that's where you're supposed to go. So, um, yes, I, I, I've, I recently was with the Monroe Institute. It's a world renowned organization. And I did, um, I took a, I took a t some training at, with, um, let's, for soul retrievals and, and what you're describing is, right. you know, when you think about this, there is no, there is free will even when we cross. If we choose to believe that we are still alive and we're still living the lifetime of uh, whatever in ancient Egypt, then that's okay. That's our reality. That doesn't mean it's the highest consciousness and awareness that we can be at. And the people that are unclear that they have transitioned, they're safe, but they're still able to be in this place of their own making. And yes, because of where they're, where it, because of the, plane that they're in it's so close to earth that yes uh it is a potential ghost all that kind of stuff but it is so healing the work that he was doing the soul retrieval work and helping people to realize where they are it is such a, so really when you think about it we have free will even when we transition absolutely um, absolutely okay so um we are starting to run out of time <laughs> We could keep talking for another could, three hours. We could. So I, okay, so I just want to, first of all, if you are interested in a chance to win a copy, a gift from me to you of Irene's fabulous book, They Serve Bagels in Heaven, and you can get to her. This is available on Amazon. You can also visit her website, IreneWeinberg.com, which is linked in the description field of this broadcast. You need to type the word book, B-O-O-K, into the chat box the active chat box comment box and in about two minutes laura is thank you laura by the way for moderating the background I truly appreciate you with all the comments and everything oh i see a lot of people are starting to write the word book in there they want your book i if you even if you don't win the book tonight please 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 i i i'm, I'm sharing with you this book has has just touched my life in so many ways and as gifted as as Irene is with her, with speaking, listening, watching her, reading her journey and reading Saul's words and talking about so many different concepts that I was introduced to or, or, or just further educated on was just so helpful and amazing. And Irene also has this wonderful, wonderful podcast. Which uh, Lisa is on. Which so I will Camille be on. Camille Dan and all these wonderful people, Camille, amazing Cam people. Camille Dan who curated Gathering at the Doorway. Um, she was on, I believe that was that was broadcast in June. And Camille is the reason that Irene and I connected. Irene read the, my chapter and wanted us wanted to connect. And I'm so honored that you, I'm so honored that you, um, you invited me onto your podcast. So Irene, before we, before we kind of wind down this, this interview and our time together, which has just flown, which we knew it would, what is, what is one of the, like, what do you want people, what's the biggest takeaway that you want people to have from our time together? Honestly, and, and I do want everyone to know, um, who gets the book either on Amazon or who wins the book. If you want to know if those bagels come with locks and cream cheese and coffee, page eight. <laughs> and what's that all about? But the big well, takeaway. <laughs> and, I, and it's so funny you say that because people are talking about Happy Lions getaway and then Debbie just wrote Happy 888 and then you said page eight. So hello. And by the way, <laughs> there you go. Transcend with Debbie. Debbie Romero is a medium. So I thought, you know, she probably psychically picked up that we were going to have this little chit chat. So of course she wrote 888 in there. But uh, anyways, okay, I digress. Go ahead. I'm, I'm sorry. Right. Interrupted here. <laughs> My big takeaways are, which is what I amazingly learned it ain't over when it's over 
It ain't. This is school. That is home. This, it, when if you look at your life and the things that happen to you, that these are challenges that you set up in your lifetime and you're supposed to learn lessons from them and you're supposed to heal and learn your lessons and move on. It's about evolving through this lifetime to go to, uh, to, com to complete, to go to another plane, to keep rising in awareness. So that's the first thing I want to tell people that death is only of our physical bodies, our body suits, that's it. Second of all, it's about being loving and kind to everyone, but also to yourself. I mean, I am now, I tell people I'm the highest maintenance person you ever met because I take, I work out, I do yoga, I watch what I eat, I do, you know, but, and I'm not perfect by any means, trust me, but I try to be conscious about um, if I don't take care of myself, who am I for the other people in my life and what am I role modeling for them? So uh, that is the second thing. And also, to live life in a conscious way. You don't know, you know, my husband met with an accident and he was gone, poof, poof, there it was. And then first, the last thing I heard from him was, I'm so lucky and thankful to have you in my life. That girl in Vermont, what she heard from her father, devastated her. How many people have that experience and they don't know that a medium can help them or whatever, and they live with, that hurt and that bitterness and that displaced anger all their lives instead of knowing that they can heal it and that they can move through it and they can learn from it but also to be very conscious about how you how you handle people how you speak to them and one of the big teachings in my book is they he calls it in the book when he channeled in the book live love as a behavior Live love as a behavior. Be oh conscious of how you treat the people in your life, which in my life means I really am allergic to dramas these days, to be honest with you, Lisa. <laughs> I'm with you, Irene. I'm with you. <laughs> if people are so into the drama and the pain and building all these things, for, they're not healed. And it doesn't make me better, but I don't want to participate in that pain. You're choosing to be part of the solution. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Irene. And I'd love everyone to, to, to get into the podcast. I mean, like it's grief and rebirth, finding the joy in life. And I, I am very proud to say that of all the podcasts, I've been told there are like 3 million podcasts. I'm now in the top 2.5% of podcasts <gasps> and I'm in 30 countries. It is really helping a lot of people. Okay, so let me just say again, I am just like beside myself that I got a chance to be on your podcast. And I, and I, Irene, I can't, I look forward to the day when I can come and take you out. For, I can come over and visit you and I can take oh, you I out for dinner that. and have a glass of wine and we can have a chat. Two or three glasses of wine. Oh, yes, Leah, yes. <laughs> and I just, I wanted, I want to share with you. Thank you to everybody who's doing all the, all the comments and everything. Um, definitely check out Irene's podcast. Check out her book. Um, one last time, I'm going to give you one last chance. If you haven't had a chance, you only have to do it once. Type the word book, B-O-O-K, into the chat. 
chat box. We're going to be pulling the draw, doing the drawing here in about 30 seconds. Irene, it has been such a pleasure and such a joy to have you on this um, live with us tonight. It has been enlightening. I love your book. I love you. I know that Saul you. and your experiences have helped so many people and you have also, uh, now I feel like I have a new friend in New Jersey. And Not I'm... a doubt about it. Not a doubt about it. <laughs> and, this, and this community, this beautiful, loving community, it is beautiful. And thank you for being such a beautiful, beautiful light. All right, thank Laura, you. let's thank you. Let Okay, Laura, if you want to draw, do the drawing here, let's see who is going to win the, who is going to win. Oh, 15 entries. We got 23 people on right now so somebody didn't put it in somebody didn't put their name in let's see who's gonna be the winner all right ah Woo! <laughs> uh, glenda marie glenda marie you are in australia is your book available on amazon in australia irene <laughs> i'm sure it is i have a, i actually australia is one of the countries that has my podcast Awesome, Glenn and I've been reach and I and I recently and I I I a lot of people Australia and New Zealand uh are part of the podcast. I'm sure I'm there, and that's fantastic. Oh, so Glenda Marie Psychic Medium was on last week, so congratulations, Glenda Marie. You are going to get this book, and Glenda Marie. Oh, happens, she's going to love the book, and she happens to be a friend of mine. And honestly, I feel like the two of you need to connect. Uh, there may the be a you, the two of you may need to connect here someday. Um. Uh, so, okay. So somebody just asked me a question. Uh, yes. Um, oh, uh, Keith, thank you so much for reminding everybody to like and subscribe. Uh, if you have a chance to, I, I hope you'll go right away and follow Irene on social media. She's on Instagram. She's on YouTube. She's on Facebook. And also go to her podcast and listen and review her podcast and uh, give her beautiful five stars because it's beautiful, beautiful, amazing. And she interviews so many people in so many different walks of life, healers, celebs, mediums, you name it. I mean, just fascinating. So thank you so much. And thank you to everybody who is here. Thank you, Irene. So love much to you, Lisa. Love to you, Laura. And love to everyone listening in from my heart. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right, everybody. Much love and much blessings. Thank you.